Hello, Alan. Hey, Andy. What's up? Uh, I realized after pressing record, I forgot what episode number this is going to be. So let me I think, just quickly. I think it's six, man. It I is six. six. Oh, man. You are keeping, oh, you're keeping track better than I am. I don't know why I know that. It's weird. <laughs> but I, it's six. Yeah. It is six. Thank you. You're so welcome. welcome. This is episode number six, and how do you spell esports podcast? Of course, with me, Andy, and of course, we have Alan as well. Welcome back. Thanks. Now, uh, we talked about this a little bit. I I wanted to talk about developer-player communication. Mm. So I didn't share why I wanted to do that, right? So I'm, I'm going to share it now. Uh, we've done some stuff with Auto Chess, Alan. Yes, we have. And this past week has been hell for auto oh. chess. Oh, no. Both for developers, I mean, the developer for auto chess, and for the players. Mm. Reason being, they released a big patch. Uh, they released a new art, uh, a new creative uh, visual direction for the game. They released a cross-platform functionality with PC and mobile players that can play together now. And they also released some new content, right? Of course, if you patch it, there's new content. There's new, uh, for those of you who play auto chess, there's new pieces. There's new synergies. It's huge. And we Holy were all, crap. That right? sounds awesome. It is so awesome. We were all excited about it. We loved the new patch. But they messed it up. Uh, the game is unplayable. I mean, was unplayable. Now it is playable. But there were sticky bugs. Like, they can't fix the bugs, uh, like, immediately. So after a week of that, I think the biggest problem that I saw is that players are now, unfortunately, leaving the game. Hmm. And AutoChess is in such a critical, uh, I guess, juncture, I use this word, where I, I feel like it was quiet, but now it's picking up a little bit, right? And then they dropped this patch, they dropped the ball, and now it's just, man, what a timing for them to mess up a big patch. So, uh, they... Did a pretty good job communicating with players all this while. Like, they've actually continuously updated us on what they're working on and stuff like that. But this past week, I think they've been on panic mode. Mm. Trying to fix the game as much as possible. And they've only just released a statement, I think, today. Saying that they're going to fix everything, hopefully fix everything, by the 13th of May. Hmm. Which I think is a great move. Now, what else can they do? And I guess this applies to a lot of developers who develop games, especially esports games. Because the esports community can be savages, man. <laughs> especially here in Southeast Asia. I don't know why. I mean, it's everywhere, right? But I guess because I, I come from this country, Indonesia, we're just brutal when it comes to criticizing developers when they're messing up <laughs> okay so all right that was a huge ramble about 
out of chess because it has been a tough week for the game. Uh, yeah. So now let's get into it. What? I, yeah. So please, Ellen. No, there's so much there. There's so much good stuff there, and everything you say is, you know, so spot on. Um, and you know, I, I, like it, it's it's just true, right? I mean, you patch when you when when a patch comes out, you expect it to improve the game. You, it's not an unreasonable expectation for it to expect things to work. Yeah, um, it's not an unreasonable expectation for the developer to, you know, if there are things wrong, to quickly fix them. Um, so yeah, nothing unreasonable about any of that. Hmm. Um, so and so, what I'm going to say may sound defensive. Okay. Um, but it's not meant to be. It's just trying to share like you know what life is like on the other side of the fence on the developer side that would be great now now at blizzard i wasn't a developer but you know anything that affected community or you know publishing usually had to do with the game and so we talk a lot with the developers and they would explain things to us mm. um so the first thing to understand is uh, you know 99 of the time developers cares a lot about you know, what the players say. I mean, most of the developers are, you know, are gamers themselves and they started into the business because they just love games and they want to make great games. And part mm -hmm. of making great games is people loving them and having a good experience and having fun. So if people aren't having fun, you know, they care. Um, uh, in, except for very rare circumstances, but assume that they care. And I think, you know, in this case, what I hear when I heard you describe this ginormous patch is, um, they care so much and they listen so much and had all this awesome stuff that they're working on to, you know, make the experience even more fun mm. for the community. And so I think if you start at the place where like the players want to have fun and, and the developers want to make it fun and they come from this common goal, I think that's a good place to start. Okay. Like the intentions of everyone is um, good. Um, now intentions in reality, you know, that's when, you know, stuff kind of starts falling apart sometimes. So let me give you, uh, I don't know about what happened with this patch in auto chess, but okay. let me give you probably one of a very well-known incident with Blizzard that, okay. uh, that many people who remember Diablo 3 might, <laughs> might kind of resonate with. So when Diablo 3, Diablo 3, God, when did it come out? came out in 2008, I think now, like right. 12 oh, years ago. Oh my God. <laughs> has it been that long? It anyway, has. that was the first okay. year that I joined Blizzard. Okay. And that was my first big launch at Blizzard, Diablo 3. And, and people have been waiting, like Diablo 2 came out 12 years before that. So people oh my are waiting. God. People have been waiting 12 years for yeah, I mean, it's a joke in the industry now, right? I mean, Blizzard takes forever to make a game. <laughs> so when Diablo 3 finally came out, uh, there was so much excitement. Um, like, if you read the business articles at the time, mm -hmm. they attributed, like, PC sales went up. And people attributed the PC refresh to people buying new PCs because right. they wanted to play Diablo. <sighs> Damn. That's how, that's how much excitement was. Um, and so there's tremendous pressure on the developers to make something, you know, make it right. And they made a great, well, okay. And then when it launched, right, um, there's a meme that if you look it up right now, E37. E37, um, okay. E37. 
I, I think like, wait, let's look it up. Make sure I'm, it's been so long and I don't, might not get the error. Right. But hold on a second. E37 Diablo E30. three. Yeah. You see it? Like, is that like the first thing that comes up? Um, E37 D3 or is it E27? Can't remember. <laughs> it was E something. God damn it. Okay. I'm not sure what you're talking about here. I don't play yeah. Diablo. Oh, you know. Information. Yeah. Error. yeah, it was error 37. Error okay, 37. Error 37. You took yeah, arrow 37, you'll see Diablo. And what that means is okay, so uh, just to cut to the chase, error, uh, on the first day, there are so many people that bought copies of Diablo 3 and okay. logged on to servers that it basically crashed the servers. There was just what? too many people. And error 37 meant that you're in queue, dude. Like you're, you gotta wait. Like servers oh, are- Oh, right. Okay. I see it now, I see it now. The okay. servers are busy at this time. Please try again and, later. That's right, that's error right. Error 37. <laughs> and, and so, you know, as a player and you paid 60 bucks for this thing and then you dude, log on yeah. and you're oh like- Oh my God. Like, what the hell? And no. so, you know, the internet blew up um, and everyone was really upset. But there, what reality was is that, and, and okay, so the first thing that the, the, you as a player would go is like, what the hell? How could you yep. not have enough servers? <laughs> right? How do you know them? Right? And, and the reality, and here's on the developer side, like they had estimated the day one you know, sales, and then multiplied it by two, I think. Wow. And they had, they had servers ready for that. And it exceeded even that. I mean, it was just nuts. Um, so it's not that they didn't plan. They had, and, they, hmm. and then they had not even built in a buffer. So they had, but the demand was so great that, you know, it just blew up. Hmm. And so um, they had to scramble to get servers online, and that took some time. Hmm. Um, and then, you know, Big companies, and so okay, that was one, right? So okay, uh, the technical issue. But then there was this lag in communication between, um, you know, the when the problem arose and when the developers found out about it, and then um, trying to fix it, and then saying something to the audience. Yes, saying something to the community. There's a lag. Mm. I can't remember how long the lag was, but it was it wasn't like you know it was days. And that was a mistake, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like you were saying, like you were saying, um, hey, you know, they must have been heads down trying to fix it, but they should have told us something about this auto chest patch, right? Yes. Um, but, you know, again, on the developer side, like, put, not to be defensive, but if you were them, what would you be doing? Well, of mm -hmm. course, first you'd be trying to fix this thing, all hands on deck trying to fix it. But then the second thing is, you know, uh, what you don't want to do is you don't want to compound one mistake with another. So, you know, they'll be like, okay, what are we going to tell people? Like, we're just trying to figure this out. Right? We're scrambling to get servers up. I, I'm not really sure when we'll get it up. Um, do we, should we just tell them we're working on it? Are they going to be happy with that? Or, do they, or should we go back when we have something more concrete? Like, you know, we'll have servers up. You know, we're doubling the capacity and it's going to be up, you know, in, in 48 hours. Like, so there's this debate that goes on internally, right, between public relations and management and developers management obviously and pr like yeah i think we should get out with something and then developers like yeah but we don't we don't have anything yet and then right. like, what should we say and so that take you know that cycle takes time and you know what happened with with error 37 is yeah they they were trying to figure out what was going on get a solution in place and then go out and tell people 
right? And communicate. But I think what they missed in hindsight is 2020, but what they probably missed is like, they just needed to say something very quickly. <laughs> like, hey, we know this is a problem, guys. We're trying to figure out and, you know, more communication is better than no communication. Mm. Even when you don't necessarily know, like in crisis management, you like, I'll tell you what I know when I know it as often as I know it. And, and, and I think the reality is, is as a, even as, you know, you, I think you were you, as vicious as the community is, like, um, I think most people are forgiving of mistakes if you admit them yeah. and, and you communicate like, okay, we blew it. Right. I'm sorry. You know, servers are down. The, the, the demand was just crazy. You guys love the game so much and we're so happy and we're appreciative of it, but it blew things up. And we, you know, we're trying to figure out, we don't know what, what exactly when we're going to get done. Um, you know, and so, you know, just tell people that, um, figure out how to mitigate it, but communication is big. And so they didn't um, mm-hmm. because they were trying to, you know, come back with, you know, something concrete. Right. Because they're and hoping that, when they start speaking, they're coming with a solution. So people just, yes. uh, you know, be satisfied with whatever they have to offer. Well, yeah. I, I mean, again, if uh, you try to put yourself in the developer shoes and, you know, you don't yeah. want to just come out with nonsense, mm-hmm. you're going to come mm-hmm. out with something concrete. Yeah. Um, but the opposite happened. So. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just an example, personal, uh, from my own experience of an example where both sides come with good intentions, but, you know, the end result wasn't necessarily both sides being happy. That certainly helps clear things. Because you were right, when, as soon as the statement was released by uh, AutoChess, saying that, yes, there has been a few issues, we've been trying to work it out. People, people are really quick to forgive. Like they, they even say thanks. You know, right after a week of you know flaming the developers. Come on, yeah. guys, what are you doing? Right? Yeah. And then they released a statement a week later saying, "Yes, we're sorry." Blah blah blah. Okay, thank you for your hard work, AC. AC being auto chess. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So it is. I, but you know, and I, I, it's sad because you know both sides are are trying to do the right thing right it's just you know when you when you i think the lesson for me is if you leave people to make up their own conclusions they'll generally jump to some crazy stuff Hmm. um so you you kind of need to fill the gap yeah and um you know communicate what you can you know i feel like we're talking about marriage yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> in, in a sense, the players who have invested a lot of time in a game feel like they, you know, have, uh, they, they, to some extent, are stakeholders in the game. Yeah, stakeholders. Right? I like that word. So, okay, a follow-up question to that, uh, that statement uh, that players are, a ma- well, arguably a major stakeholder in games, right? No players, mm-hmm. no game. Oh, yeah. Uh. To what extent are they entitled to these opinions or demands towards the games? Like some, the, if we take a look at the different games we have, especially in esports, we see a lot of uh, developers who are very attentive to players. They actually listen a lot and they implement changes based on what the players are saying. 
And then there are also developers who don't give a shit. Right? They just do whatever. And hopefully... I don't know what's going on in their minds, but maybe they're thinking, hopefully the players won't care after a, a month of raging. Because they know that the game is just so good. Players can't leave the game. Do you think yeah. that exists, that power dynamics between developers and players? I don't think it's ever that explicit. Hmm. Um, there's always... A, it doesn't excuse... If that behavior happens, it doesn't excuse it. But I don't think there's ever that calculus like... Uh, we have such an awesome game, you know, what else are they going to play? I, I mean, um, maybe it happens, but I I think it's very rare. I think there are usually, if, if, if there's neglect going on, kind of, uh, mm. of the player base, it's not, um, there's probably something other than just like, uh, you know, screw them. <laughs> They're going to keep playing no matter what, right? We got them. I think there's something, there's probably some other real dynamic, different dynamic going on back there. Like, for example, um, you know, we, we just don't have the resources to put on this right now. Mm. Uh, we have other issues that we have to fix. Um, you know, like it's, let's take observer mode. You know, I think you and I had this conversation just this week about a game about observer mode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a very important esports feature. Right, it's yeah. very hard to cast a game without <laughs> without observer mode. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's a very natural thing. For example, for a game to come out, it doesn't have observer mode, and the, the player base and the community going, "Hey, wait, we want observer mode." Mm. And then you know, for whatever reason, quite often it takes months for this thing to show up, yeah. and everyone's like, "Why, God? You know, come on!" <laughs> and but the reality is, and you know, there there are. Um, and let's take Hearthstone as an example, mm. right? When Hearthstone launched, it did not have observer mode. When actually, when Overwatch launched, it did not have observer mode. Wow, even Overwatch. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, when it first launched, right? Mm-hmm. It took took a while for those features to be implemented in the game. And you know, as as a player, as part of the community, you're like, why? That's so obvious, guys. What else could you possibly be doing but other than doing observer mode? And but you know, from the developer side, it's like guys, we got game balance to worry about. We just launched a game, right? We need to monitor balance or, you know, servers. Hey, how about servers, right? <laughs> error 37, uh, boys. Error 37, right? <laughs> so they're, they're probably, most likely, they're like things that you don't see, yeah. right? That they're like, you know, uh, that's on fire or about to, you know, catch on fire that they're just trying to, you know, they're, they're doing their very best to, to fix um, before getting to, New features. Observer mode is a new feature, so um, there most likely it's usually a resource issue on the developer side, where they only have so many engineers, and you know they've they've got to keep a bunch of things working before they kind of and make sure that it's working uh, well in the current game before they can kind of add new stuff. Um, so more often than not, I think it's that. Um, sometimes it's business issues. Oh, interesting. Game, right, you know. Um, let's say the game isn't monetizing as well as it is mm-hmm. or could be, or, you know, maybe there are a lot of players, but especially free to play. Yeah. Maybe, you know, monetization isn't where it needs to be at and they've got to relook at, you know, the business itself. Right. I think it's less, uh, less common, but that could be happening. And there are just many things that could be happening behind the scenes at the studio, at the development house that, um, 
aren't visible and nor would would they make visible to the outside world um, and that's causing delays in patches and features and stuff like that in hero development maps right all of these things are absolutely critical to the game um, but they are in a sense luxuries for the developer you only get to do that stuff after you've kind of um, you know gotten the basics down which is first does the base game work really well right no issues if I add stuff, it won't break stuff, right? Yeah. Got to have that done. <laughs> and then is it viable business, man? Do are we making enough money to you know, feed our families and keep the servers on and the lights on? Right? Because otherwise, as much as people love it, if we aren't making money on it, we can't sustain it. Mm. So, you know, there's some fundamental things like that that the developer has to get right before they can start adding stuff on. Mm. Things that we, you know, you and I as players really expect but in a sense are for the developer kind of luxury items. Do you think this is a healthy pace, what we have right now in terms of the dynamics between developers and players? Um, I don't... What I will tell... I don't know how to answer that question really well. What I will tell you is that um, the, what's not... What's very hard to sustain is the uh, product the constant production of content? Yeah. Like these days, I can tell you, like just just in the last ten years, the game industry has just morphed um, incredibly. Like I just joked at the beginning that you know Diablo, the twelve years between Diablo two and <laughs> Diablo three, okay, and between Starcraft one um, and Starcraft two was you know I think like a decade or mm -hmm. something like that. And, you know, it, because at that time, it was like, you know, games, just games came out, you played them, you were done, and then you waited for the next game to come out. And so the content roadmap, the treadmill, and, and if there's a patch or there is an expansion, you know, there's usually a year between, between expansions or something like that. Mm. And so the content roadmap was, was a little longer. These days, the content, like, Jesus. You know, like almost every month there's new stuff <laughs> dropping in most games. Yeah. I mean, Fortnite is the best example of that. It's like crazy oh, amount of crazy stuff about it. they put out every month, every week. Mm. Okay. What people don't know is that that is an incredibly punishing uh, schedule for the developers. Great. Like they just, they work constantly. I mean, they're not only are they high, you have to have a lot more people, but these guys have to work a lot longer. And so the, 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 the amount of content that people consume and how quickly they, they consume it has ramped up like in the past five to 10 years. It's just grown exponentially. And I think um, now people are used to having new stuff all the time. It's just a sign of the times for everything, right? You know, whether it's social media or whatever, it's just constant content consumption. And the expectation is that there's constant content coming out. And when you extend that to games, um, that makes it really hard to developer. Is it healthy for the developers um, themselves? No, it's not. I mean, if you, you can see some articles online of burnout of developers. Crunch. Constant crunch time. It's really hard for them um, to meet that, that expectation. Um, it's, is it the, necessarily the community's fault? No, I don't think it's community's fault. They just, you know, they're used to it and that's what they expect. 
Um, and but the but the negative side of it is if a developer is unable to meet that that expectation of constant content coming out, then you know the community gets a little negative. That's understating it. <laughs> a little negative. Yeah. <laughs> Have you well, seen this post on Reddit or you know? <laughs> It's crazy how these players are just so savage when it comes to yeah. roasting developers. Look, I, I, I'm going to say something controversial. Maybe some people are going to hate me, but I, I think, you know, if you're paying for a game, like let's say World of Warcraft, where you're paying mm. a monthly subscription, yep. you have every right to, you know, expect server uptime, mm. every right to expect content refreshes. All right. I mean, you're paying. But, you know, for a lot of these free to play games, where you know a good eighty to ninety percent of the people never pay, mm. and for you know them to go online, and I don't know who gets on, who knows, but for someone like for those individuals to come on and you know be extremely toxic about you know things like yeah. content, it's not coming out, it sucks, and blah blah blah. You know, me as just an individual, regardless of whether I work for a developer or not, like that doesn't sound right. Like, so wait a minute, you want to play for free and you expect these guys to work their ass off to give you something new in this game. <laughs> you, you don't want to pay for it. And you expect the right to, you know, bitch about it. That doesn't seem very right to me, right? Mm. Like, hey, the people on the other side, you know, they got to make a living too. And they're humans too. Yeah. And they're trying their best. Um, what are you doing to support them? Right? How is, this, is not, this is not a one-way street here, guys. And I, I think many people lose sight of that. Hmm. Um, maybe it's because you know they they feel that I play the game, I spend a lot of time playing the game, and I'm really good at the game, and therefore that gives me some, like I said, stake in the game, and gives me a reason, you know, a legitimacy, or uh, I ha I should have a voice to say this. Sure, you do, but don't abuse people. Right? It doesn't give you a, a no. There's never a reason for you to abuse someone else. Right? So. I, I think, you know, for me, there's a line there, right? Um, you, you need to understand what you're asking for, what it requires on the other side, and who's on the other side. Mm. Okay? Wow. There's a few things there. But first, I agree. Totally agree. I think people have lost empathy for uh, these developers. <clears throat> Just the fact that the game is... The fact that the game exists at all is nice, right? Especially if we're talking about the free-to-play games. Like, the fact that nowadays we can just download it. We don't even have to buy it. You can just start playing, and everybody has equal chance. Mm -hmm. That is amazing, and that's why I'm a big fan of free-to-play games who doesn't have pay-to-win mechanics. I love yeah. it, and I, I would... I would support them in any way I could. That includes by buying in-game currencies, skins. I do that. Um, and I guess that leads to the... So so I'm going to challenge that a little bit, right? Uh, when you talked about World of Warcraft, that is a very unique business model, I would say. It's, it's probably one of the only ones that has that model, right? Where you actually have to pay before you can play the game. And it's a subscription-based fee. Well, you know, okay. Um, it's interesting you say that. Mm. Back when it was launched, that was the standard business model. Really? Oh, yeah, for MMORPGs. For, a lot of games? for oh. sure. 
right? I don't know if you remember EverQuest. EverQuest came before oh, World of Warcraft. Man. EverQuest was the game that pioneered MMORPGs. I see. And they were subscription. Okay. Right? Okay. Uh, so, so in a sense, WoW was just following the existing business right. model. Interesting. And so it's only over, you know, WoW, but, you know, EverQuest is gone now. And WoW is just kind of the dinosaur of that generation. <laughs> okay. It's still around. Right, right. Right? Um, it's just that free-to-play came along and became the, the more accepted business model, the standard right. business model, so to speak. And, and, and so now people look at WoW as like, wow, how do they do that? How do right. they get away with that? <laughs> like, no one can do that anymore. That's because they, they, at the time when they started, that, people, that was what people were used to. Oh, okay. Now that yeah. gives me context. I yeah. thought WoW is just so WoW. You know, like, it's so different because they, okay, to be fair, Blizzard is amazing when it comes to content, okay? Like, if you look at the animations they, ma they make, they make available for free on YouTube. Those are free movies, man. Like, cinema quality animation. And I still can't believe they haven't just released a full-fledged animated movie. A lot of people, a lot of people ask that. Oh, by the way, I need to correct myself. Okay. Diablo three did not come out in two thousand. It came out in two thousand twelve. Okay. okay. So it's so, even longer than twelve I, years. I, I stand corrected. No, no, it was twelve years. Okay, it was twelve. It, it was twelve okay, years. Okay. Okay. So, so sorry about that. Uh, no worries. You know, um, you know, someone's going to come and correct me. But <laughs> people understand. People are forgiving, Alan. Oh uh, yeah. Well, if you if you admit <laughs> your mistake, and you know, I'm admitting if my. If you mistake. admit your mistake, that's. Yeah, that's the caveat. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. All so right. sorry, back to your point. Back yes. to your point. Right. Uh, where was I? Yeah, repeat, please. Repeat. I, I interrupted you. Oh, wait. I actually forgot. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, oh, Blizzard is amazing. Uh, oh, 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 Why yeah, they the haven't movie. released a animated so, movie? You know, here's a, here's a number that I was exposed to. I don't know if it's true or not. Okay. Um, but, you know, the, the trailers or the... the um, yeah, the game trailers, like the full cinematic trailers or, yep. or opening cinematics that they have in games for yep. Blizzard. I was told it was a million dollars a minute. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. It, they they spent a lot, but I don't know if that's the actual cost, but all I know is the cinematic team spent a ton of time on every one of those things. Which is why they're so epic and awesome. It shows. It shows, it, right? And it shows, it's right? So epic. So yeah. So so many times people, you know, uh, you know, people within the company even said, "Just make a movie." And it's like, dude, you know how long <laughs> it takes and how expensive it would be to make a you know full you know full length ninety minute cinematic essentially as a movie. And then, like, it would be yeah, rivaling you know a a a, a big budget blockbuster from Hollywood. Yes. Yeah. So <sighs> I'd like still like to see it, but you know, of course, it, yeah. it'd be damn expensive. It will be. But don't you think it's going to be worth it, Alan? People are going to see it. I don't right? know, man. I mean, maybe? maybe? Okay. Well, here's or context. You just let, or, or you just let Pixar do it? I don't know. <sighs> but we want Blizzard to do it, you know? Like, they've proven to us that they can animate shit. It's they so amazing. They can. But okay. here's the other thing, right? Okay. And it kind of gets back to 
you know, what do you want Blizzard doing? You want to make you want right, Blizzard right. making movies, or you want to make them making games? Uh, Me, I'd be like, go, 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 make the games, dude. Right? I, I can, I can wait for the movie someday, yeah. but make more games. <laughs> well, there you go. I just demonstrated what it looks like for a player to demand all these stuff, and what it's like the other side or actually it's actually just for ourselves to reflect right what do we want these developers to do and i what, think so what can I, we do to support them to enable them to do whatever we want them to do and just know that and just know that you know i mean don't cry for the developers right i don't mean this to be a pity right, party for right, the developers right. but just know that the developers really want to do all these things too mm. like every time i'd go back to irvine where, where blizzard is based all the developers are always asking like what how are the players what do they want you know what wow. are they really like like they want to know and they want to give it to the to the players but there it's just you know there are only so many of them and they mm -hmm. can only do so many things at a single time so they have to prioritize uh, and that means like not everything gets done unfortunately that's right okay so i i feel like we should uh cover that a little bit so sure there, there is I think we've established that developers, players, we want the same things. Uh, just meeting the equilibrium is a bit tough, right? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. a part of that is shortage, uh, whether that's resources or humans on the side of developers. Because demands from the players are never going to end, right? It's always going to come. Uh, what's... Do, do you think there's a step for them to go through to maybe minimize the lag in between the, the, the demand that the players make and uh, them, developers, delivering it? Minimize is, the... Yeah. You mean how to make things go faster? Or, or is there a better way for these things to happen? Like, how do developers satisfy the players better? Um, or maybe that's not the right question. I think the question is more about how do the developers make sure that... Uh, I think maybe, maybe what you're asking is how do we manage expectations better? Yeah, that's part of it, actually. I, I think that's a big part of it. It is, um, it is. Right, like if you tell me uh, I'm gonna have something in one month, um, then I'm gonna wait a month, right? And if it comes in a month, I'm really happy, and <clears throat> now you're you're credible in my eyes. Mm. So next time you say, um, you know, it's gonna be three months, I'm like, okay, that's cool. I guess all right. I'll shut up. I'll always wait for three months. Yeah. Or, or they, or it gives you credibility to say like, you know, we're just not going to do it. Sorry. Like, oh, oh well. Right. At least they're going to. They're doing this other thing in a month, so that's cool. So I, I and I think developers actually spend a lot of time on that part, and that's what like at Blizzard we had community managers. Like if you go to Battle.net and you go to any of the forum threads and stuff like that, you'll see blue posts. We used to call them. The blue posters are basically admins. They're the community managers. Right, right. They're Blizzard, Blizzard employees, and they respond to stuff. And that's their entire job. Right? Like, some of them are even quite famous, right? Within oh. the community, they're like 
yeah, they, they know people know. And then they go in the, uh, at BlizzCon, they'll look for the community managers because <laughs> they want to meet the people that they have been managing. For. Yeah. It's amazing. So, um, uh, and, and that is their form in a way of expectation setting, right? Sometimes they'll drop, you know, they'll, they'll try and they'll try and manage people's expectations. Um, mm. Oftentimes, the uh, they'll, they'll they'll share information from the developers, right? Um, and if, sometimes the developers themselves get on the forums um, and and respond to things. I think um, um, uh, Kaplan. Uh, what was his name? First name, uh, Overwatch. I forgot now. Jeff Kaplan, who is kind of the the uh, who was the lead guy for Overwatch. Okay. He was he he became really well known for recording videos, right? Himself right. talking right. about Overwatch and where it was going, and responding to you know some feedback from the community. You have something and like he, that for Hearthstone as well, right? Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, Hearthstone and right. Ben Brode. Did yeah, that yeah, for yeah. Hearthstone, right? I, I, I know um, that because I watched the videos. That was amazing. Yeah, and so that was their way of kind of setting expectations, um, and you know, giving, uh, getting, taking, and giving back. You know, answering feedback from the community, and the developers spend a lot of developers spend a lot of time on that to manage those expectations. Like, you know, there's they're only going to build stuff so they can only build stuff so fast. So. You know, even if you threw a million people at, at something, you know, it would only still take, it'd still take time. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think they've, they've done as much as they can to increase the, tre- the content treadmill. And like I said, you know, just in the past five, 10 years, just, I can tell you, um, when I started at Blizzard in 2012, we had three games, right? We had World of Warcraft, we had Starcraft, uh, we had Diablo. And that's the way it had been for a like very long time. Mm. By the time I left, you know, seven years later, we added three new franchises. Right. right. Hearthstone, Overwatch, Heroes of the Storm. Yeah. And uh, the content, like we went from releasing like a patch or an expansion, you know, once every year to releasing stuff almost every single month. Mm-hmm. So the, so the yeah, it was it was nuts. Like we, I did publishing, so we were in charge of kind of marketing stuff. And you know, when I started, the marketing roadmap was pretty easy. It's like, are we launching anything this year? No. Okay, <laughs> I guess that's it, right? I don't know. What are we gonna do? Oh so, my god, that's so cool. Yeah, it, it, right. Nice job. You know, huh? it, it was kind of a it was it was weird. It was strange. Right? And then when I left, it's like, oh my god, it's like. Stop! Like every <laughs> single week is like, okay, Arsenal's doing this, Elroy's doing that, right? You know, Starcraft is doing this. It's like, whew. wow, crazy. Okay, 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 okay. Wow. So this shows uh, something, right? A lot of players might not know there's a side like uh, like what you, you described. So if there's one thing that I'm getting from this podcast today is communication is always the key right so i guess the question that i was struggling to ask was how do we improve communication for developers who aren't doing it too well because blizzard we know has been doing an awesome job at doing that maybe some hiccups right like uh i you know i think in the last couple of years they've had some pretty big (laughs) we all all know about 
even everyone, even big company, you know, no matter how big or small you are, you, you make mistakes. Yes. Right. I, I think for the smaller developers, I, you know, it's just resource. You know, they don't have enough enough people to communicate. Communication is actually a lot of work. It takes, it takes a lot, a of, lot of work. Um, and in some developers just don't have that resource to or time to devote, unfortunately. Mm. Mm. It's not that they don't care. It's just God. I don't know. We don't have a community guy, right? Okay. Uh, yeah. So we. This is going back a little bit. We talked about how uh, if players are paying for it, like they pay for World of Warcraft to play, mm. they're entitled, basically. I mean, they're more entitled. More entitled. Okay. Yeah, more entitled. Um, I mean, not to be abusive, but they have. Of course. They certainly have a have a say. Yes. You know? Now about free to play games. People who don't pay a single cent and abuse developers—they they just—they're just shitty people, right? I, what... I don't have a lot of tolerance for that mm. personally. Me neither. I don't. So yeah, I agree with that. So how about the players who are actually paying for the free-to-play games, like paying in-game currency, buying skins? Mm-hmm. What is the balance there? Is there like a way for us to identify those players and give them more say? Well, I can tell you that a lot of developers know exactly who those players mm. are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 some developers will cater to them, meaning you know they'll have, um, you know, uh, roundtables and invite these players in to get their feedback. Damn! Um, really. In some, in some, I have heard some developers actually have um, um, staff that literally cater to these. They call them whales. Wow. Whale? Them oh, whales. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard that term before. I have. There's but, a lot of whales in a lot of games. You know, in you know, there's certain people that just spend a lot of money in a game. Yeah. And uh, they're called whales. And in some developing, in some companies, some developers, they have you know staff that cater to these these uh, individuals like literally uh here's my number man call me if you need anything wow type of thing yeah because you know we think about it they're the ones that are supporting the game i mean they literally are paying the developer salaries Hmm. so they're very important and um making sure that they stay in the game and they're happy with the game is very important for the developer i have a question about that um God damn it, I lost it again. Hold on. Uh, Whales, important. Okay. Do developers show? Hold on. That's not right. Do, is there a way for developers to... I guess show a list of these people? like, Or make like, it public? Like, Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. They, wouldn't, they, they cannot. They would not do that. Mm. Can't do that. No, that would violate. I think that I'm pretty sure that violates some sort of law. Of course. <laughs> and and more importantly, like you know, why would a developer do that? I have a yeah. That's not the right question. I had a better question. God damn it! I'm sorry, guys. I failed you. Ah, uh, damn it. Because again, yes, these players are important, right? Uh, I guess the question is. It might be possible that some developers, even having a a list of people they know are supporting the game, but they're not doing anything, right? To to make sure that these people stay, right? 
And is there well, a way I, to fix that? You mean give voice to the, yes. you know, the, so I, what I'll tell you is this, right? With, there are a lot, you know, with, with games, there are tons of internal metrics that, that, uh, um, that developers use to monitor the health of the game. Um, and not just like how many people are paying. So one, one metric in particular is called churn, mm. right? Churn is exactly what you kind of think it means. It's like how many people are leaving the game, right? On a weekly basis, on a, on a monthly basis, whatever, right? In fact, you know, a lot of times we have things called cohorts, mm. called cohort analysis. This is going to get way techy or way geeky, but essentially a cohort analysis is, okay, let's take everyone, for example, who joins the game uh, this week, right? We know X number of thousands of people join the game. And then we track them through week, day by day, week by week. And then let's see at the end of the month, how many of them are still logging in on a daily basis. Um, and then, you know, let's say out of 10% uh, of the people at the end of the month, are still playing, right? That could be good, that could be bad. But yeah. your churn now is 90%, right? You get 90% churn. So they look at these, these um, metrics like churn, which you know, is everybody, not just the whales, not just the you know, people who don't pay. It's like everybody in aggregate. That's a, they use that to judge the health of the game. Like are people, if people aren't having fun or they're not enjoying the game, then you're gonna have a high churn. People are just gonna stop playing. And that leads them, and then based on that, they kind of delve deeper into, you know, why that may be, like, what is causing this high churn? And they look, look at different parts of the game. Right. So um, because uh, from a monetary perspective, yes, whales are super important. They, they, they pay a lot of the bill. Um, but there's an also thing about player pop, player population. Um, a lot of games, especially esport games, don't work unless you have a minimum player population. Right. Like matchmaking, right? I, if if I don't care how awesome your game is, or or how how much you know certain people play a uh, pay to play a game, like if it's just ten people on the freaking server, um, <laughs> you don't have a viable game, guys, right? Mm. So so um, in that sense, even the people who don't play a uh, pay are very important because they ensure a player population that sustains a viable game, especially right. an esports game. Right. So, so in that sense, um, indirectly, everybody matters to the developer. Yeah. Because they contribute to the health of the game. Okay. So I, I actually got the question that I wanted to ask now. Cool. So that is saying that it is a very real possibility that the game just can't survive because this, yeah. there's just not enough people playing it. Yeah. That is a sad reality, but it is very possible. I mean, if for um, players, what it manifests, how it manifests itself is queue times. Oh, yes. Right? When you sit there That's and right. you have to, you know, popular games, you queue a few seconds, boom, you're, right. you're thrown into a match. Mm -hmm. Un, you know, less popular games, you're waiting a few minutes. Right. And then that's, right. that's where, you know, you have the forum discussions like, wow, there's a dead game. Right. The way they know oh, it's yeah. a dead game is is via the queue time. Queue time. Yeah. Okay. So 
we don't want that, especially we, we don't want that to happen to games we love to play. Mm-hmm. So That's right. I have this question. How do these developers uh, whose games are struggling tell the world, tell the players that they don't have enough whales to support them? Oh, wow. Because uh... you can't just come out and say, guys, we don't have, we're not making enough money. Like, <laughs> you're never going to see that happen. Or we might. I don't know. I, I, they don't do that. that. Yeah, they don't, they, do they, that. they don't. They just shut the game. So that's the problem, right? We don't want them to shut the game down. But yeah, how do uh, they tell I, us? I I don't have. I've never in my own experience. I've never seen a developer explicitly go out and yeah. say, you know, pay us more, or we're going to need to shut the game. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen exactly. I yeah, I don't think I've seen anyone do that. Uh, they just shut the game. Um, Are there any indirect ways to say that? I think you know they'll hint sometimes. Yeah, you, know, you can you can pick up hints from the developer. What does that look like, Alan? That looks like fewer patches. Um, oh, you know, less content coming out. Um, Ooh, right. That's always an indicator of hey, you know, hmm. Um, wonder why it's you know so slow. <laughs> But that's the problem, though. People are dense, man. They don't. They don't think like, uh, oh, why? Why is the game so slow? Maybe they need more support. Okay, I'm gonna start buying skins. No, man. They say shit about the developers. You guys suck. You guys don't know how to run a game instead of supporting the game, right? Yeah, it's hard, you know, because yeah. I, 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 I think developers, you know, maybe it would work. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I mean. If a developer went out and said, guys, it'd be totally transparent, say, look, this is what we're earning right now, and it's just not enough. We can, right. Um, I can't, you know, we can't afford to, these are our costs. We can't afford to keep operating like this. And uh, those of you who love the game, you know, we need your help, you know, support any way you can. Would that work? I, I don't know. Right. Maybe. Who knows? who knows? I mean, no one's ever done. I have never okay. seen anyone do that. Um. Yeah, as a last resort, doesn't sound too terrible, right? If you're shutting down the game anyway, might as well try for the last time. Yeah, I mean, you know, if people really love the game, maybe they will yeah. they will support it. I um, guess, but but I think here's the thing, right? Hmm. Um, I think ultimately, uh, if you're at that point then you haven't built a game people really want to play. Damn. Or, or enough people want to play. Enough people, that's the keyword. Okay. I mean, the, every game has its fan. I mean, you know, you can make even, the, probably even the worst game have some people who kind of like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not a matter of catering to, you know, that, just that population that makes a game successful. It's like you kind of have to have more than that. And if you didn't, then maybe you as a developer didn't build the right thing. Mm. And therefore, you should probably maybe go back and try and build something else that's better rather than you know, just supporting something that only a few people like. I think that's a hard call, and that's what the, that's what the developers always struggle with. Yes. And talking about it now, I think people are going to have more empathy, hopefully, listening to this, like knowing that it is... 
it's a tough call, right? It's very so, tough. It's very tough. So I mean, you think about the developers themselves. Like mm. the, the product that you see oh, in yeah. front of you probably took them minimum. I mean, if it's a if it's a these days even mobile games, yeah. right? Yeah, take at least six months to a year. I'd say a year now, given the production value, like yes. a year to put out a decent esports game, at least a year. So, and you know that means some developer has been working on this at least a year. And they're the last person that's going to want to shut something down that's been working so uh, that's long. That's true. Long. Like a PC title, whew, multi-year, right? Multi-year. Yeah. Multi-year endeavor. So you can bet the developer's like, God, I really don't want to kill this thing. I really, really don't want to kill this thing. I wish this thing could live. But so, yeah, it's not that they want to shut it down. Wow, but they, yeah, and and but yeah, you're right. And it's, it's I I don't know. I haven't I haven't seen anyone overtly go out and say, "Hey, please, I don't want to kill my game. Just pay me more." Um, how the community would react to that? I don't know. Well, the day that happens, we're gonna have to record another episode just about that. <laughs> it, it would be interesting to see, wouldn't it? It would. It would. It would. Okay, man. Well. Uh, well, the conclusion to that, I think, is players have actually a lot of power in their hands to determine oh, they, the fate of the game. They sure do. Mm. They absolutely do. It's all about the players, really. Is. In the it end, is. it's all about the community. Uh, and that's why developers spend, you know, a lot of developers spend an enormous amount of time on the community. I think, you know, the... And, and it's, good, it's good for the players to know that even though, you know, it sometimes it may feel like you're not being heard, um, you know, and, and not everyone gets heard. That's true. So, uh, just know that, you know, most developers do genuinely care uh, about you as a player and your experience. Um, it's just that they can't just, yeah. Okay. Yeah, not, they just can't do everything. All right. That's fair. And what's important guys, I think is just be human. Don't abuse. We're yeah. all we're all going for the same thing. We we're all loving the same things. So let's just support. Let's abuse. If you love it. it. If you love it, support it. Awesome. I think that's a great way to end this episode. Thank you so much for the insights. Uh you were kinda hesitant, uh, saying that you might not say anything worthy. I think it was a an eye opening episode, Alan. Well, Even for you. me. So I appreciate that a lot. Thank you. No worries. You're welcome. All yeah. right. Any last words for today's episode? Um, no. Thanks for listening. And uh, look forward to the next one. Awesome. Okay, guys. Thank you. That has been it. Now, a few quick updates. Uh, we did mention an auto chess league. Now we have mm-hmm. to delay that a little bit because we talked about this. The game is kind of in a bad state. But it is going to come. And if you are interested in playing in any game uh, and you want to play in a competitive scene, I think now is a great time for you to join our friend here, uh, Alan, on in his Discord server, meta.us. Yes. There's a lot of stuff that's going to happen there, and I think it's going to be very exciting. So we'd love to have you there. And you can also share your thoughts there as well like what you want to get improved and stuff like that. And yeah, again, absolutely. We we are going to start, we're going to try and start a lot of leagues for different games. Yep. Um, 
for you know people of all levels to join mm-hmm. and but most importantly the grassroots yes so the community so you know that's what we're about so yeah check it out mm-hmm. we're gonna link it in the description and we are gonna talk about it nonstop. so you're gonna hear from us even more look forward to that <laughs> okay Thank you so much for listening. I'm Andy. That's Alan. And this is How Do You Spell Esports Podcast. See you guys in the next one. Bye. Bye.